Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It's always time for a poem on the best show in your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry with my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio in 10 minutes. Keep weighing in your thoughts about Steph Curry. Shaquille O'Neal, Basketball Hall of Famer in the NBA and TNT last night says, we got to have that conversation about him being one of the greatest of all time, not just the greatest shooter. And your thoughts on John Morant, that great return he had last night to being suspended for the first 25 games of the NBA season. We'll hear what you have to say in 10 minutes on the Dr. Pepper calling line at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're always impressed when Andre Snellings joins the band. He does a great job as a basketball senior writer for ESPN. Hit him on Twitter at Professor Driz. That's in Dr. Z. He joins us here on Freddie and Harry. Andre, I'm just going to start right there with John Moran. 34 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, his first ever game winner. They were down by 24 points to the New Orleans Pelicans. They win. Dre, the floor is yours. Go. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, much like the last caller, I have to announce that I know more basketball than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, that's not a lie. That's an actual and factual when it comes to that, my friend. <laughs> but, um, but no, you know, John Moran, he, he, he came in with the storybook uh, start to a comeback, right? Like, he, he comes in, the team is down by 20, he just puts the team on his back, uh, scores every big point down the stretch, and there are all types of um, uh, facts that have come out about it, right? He, he, he scored to, to give this team the lead three times in the last minute and a half. That was like the first time that had been done in 20 years. He uh, uh, hits the game winner with time running out um, in his first in his uh, season debut. I think that's only like the third time in NBA history that had been done. Mm-hmm. So on the court, he came in and put on a show and kind of got – a positive spin on what was a very negative situation. So my hope is that this can continue, that this can be the start of a redemption arc. You know, America loves the redemption arc. And so John Morant has the talent that everybody has always wanted to see. And the the hope is that this is the start of uh, letting that be the story instead of things off the court. All right, now, we, the, the flash of last night w- was amazing. It was an amazing return for job. But at some point, we get past the flash in the sizzle when we get to the substance. Can he lead the Grizzlies back to the playoffs despite the horrible start that they got off to in his absence? It is possible. It's possible. Actually, I wrote an article about that yesterday that ran before the game. And so, you know, the, the game might have changed the odds. But mm-hmm. um, according to ESPN Bet, the Grizzlies were – like I think eleven to one to make the playoffs going into Jaws' return because they they were seven and a half games out of the the, the tenth and, and final playing spot going into into the action. But you know I'm a numbers guy. I was looking at the numbers. They I've had six wins as of yesterday. But if you project it out, last season they won sixty two percent of their games. So if you project it out, a sixty two percent win percentage for the rest of the year, they would still be a forty one forty two win team. And if you look at the win percentage of the Suns, 
the nine and ten slot, they're on pace to win about forty four games. So that's right. not a big difference. You know, that that's in the range of possibility. And when you add to that that Ja actually the team won sixty two percent of their games, right. but when Ja was playing, when he was on the court, they were outscoring their opponents by more than six points, almost seven points a game. And and that's getting into elite territory. And he's only twenty four, which means that he can still be better you know, moving forward than he was in the past. So I, I think it's absolutely in play for, for those of your audience that are inclined to, to mm-hmm. you know, put some um, uh, chewing gum money in, in, in the betting market. Um, you know, I, I think the the Grizzlies making the playoffs is interesting. I think the, the Grizzlies, I mean, there, there are props on, well, will they win 35 games, 40 games, 45 right. games? Right. I think you could get plus money on them to win 40 games. And I think if he – if he plays for the rest of the season, I, I think they, they shoot right past that. And maybe the most interesting one for those who like long shots is the Grizzlies were something like thirteen, like plus 13,000 to win the Western Conference. Remember, last season they were the number two seed. So if, you know, they are able to sneak into the playoffs, it kind of becomes like the Buffalo Bills in football. You know, they, they will become the team that nobody wants to play. And if you can get, you know, uh, 1,300 to one odds, uh, right now, it might be worth putting a buck on it and seeing what happens. Great stuff about Andre Snell. He's one of the smartest people we know, not just about basketball. ESPN senior writer. Hit him on Twitter, Professor Driz, that's in Dr. Z. Joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm sure you've heard it, but I'm going to play it again. Shaquille O'Neal last night in the NBA and TNT at the Goldens, they called it a comeback because they've been here for years, led by Steph Curry, what he did in the fourth quarter <laughs> and in overtime. They went over to Boston Celtics 110-106. That led Shaka Damas to say, I'm wondering, not saying, I'm just wondering because he's been consistently the best shooter his whole career. I'm wondering, is it time to start putting him as the best player of all time? Best player? Over, you put him over you? In, in, in the conversation. I'm asking you. Yes. You put him over you. Okay. You yourself Way put better. Steph Curry yes, over you. Yeah, that, this way he's my favorite player. I'm not saying favorite. Played, he might be my favorite too, but I'm just asking you I think played, he's better than you. I played 20 years, watched 20 years before that. I've never seen a guy like him. And he's doing it consistently, and he has championships. You put him Maybe over Michael. Time. No, I don't, no, I'm not putting him anywhere. I'm saying, okay, you know, for all the chitter chatter, is it time to just put him in the conversation? I think, I think, I think he's a. Uh, I'm asking the fans: Is it time to you know start putting him in the conversation as well, I'm one fan. of the best players ever? The back and forth between between Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith on the inside the NBA and TNT. All right, Dre, you heard that. What say you? I think that Steph has earned the right to be in pretty much any basketball conversation. I don't think you will get very many people that would argue vehemently that he's their GOAT, um, if at all. But I've always been of the opinion that if you are the best player of your era or if you're even in the conversation of the best player of your era, then you could be compared to anybody. You know, I think it would be a fair conversation to say, okay, um, we in the barbershop, you know what I'm saying? You got your stats, I got my stats. Let's talk about Steph Curry versus what, you know, Magic Johnson did, what, what Michael Jordan did. You know, he's, he's played in the era with LeBron. Now, I personally don't think that he's quite on that level as far as I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. he would not be in my GOAT conversation. Sure. I would be more inclined to talk about him in the top, say, 15. Okay. Um, I think that his particular set of skills is something that we've never seen before, and it makes him – a weapon when it works in a way that that maybe nobody has ever been at that aspect of basketball. But I think that the the goat 
as far as I'm concerned, are able to affect the game in more ways as opposed to just having one huge knockout punch. Like maybe boxing analogy, he might be like Deontay Wilder. He might mm-hmm. be the, the, the biggest knockout punch artist we've ever seen. But if you put him up against maybe in this analogy, LeBron is Tyson Fury. It's, you know, there are other ways that LeBron can affect the game. So I don't have him as my GOAT, but, I mean, I absolutely am not going to stand in front of Shaq and tell him he's wrong to his face. Uh, I'm not seven, four, 400 pounds. So, you know, he can have whatever opinion he wants. <laughs> All right, Andre, let's keep it to the uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Draymond Dream's absence. Is that an opportunity for the Warriors to develop some of their their young talent, and could this actually end up being a good thing for them down the road? It's definitely an opportunity for the young talent. Um, one of their rookies yesterday had a double-double off the bench, and I think that they need that. They have to have that, that young energy because Steph and Dre and Clay and now Chris Paul are all getting long in the tooth. So mm-hmm. you have to have the energy to be able to compete at the highest levels. But um, I also feel like they're, they're kind of teetering because Clay and Chris Paul are in the final year of their contract and with all of the kind of negative press, there, there's, there's a sense that this could be the end of the line for the Warriors. And if that feeling takes hold in the locker room, then it started, starts kind of becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, yes, the hope would be that what happened yesterday – is what happens in Draymond's absence, that others, um, other younger players are asked to and are able to step up and do more. And then when he gets back, they're prepared to try to support as, as the team uh, uh, makes you know one last uh, run at it. You could say that's what happened when Steph Curry got hurt in the years before they won that most recent championship. The team was horrible, mm-hmm. but they were able to, you know, stick together. And then they brought in Andrew Wiggins and, and young players that were able to help them get over that, that finish line. But this time around, I don't think they can spend a whole season or two in this quick rebuild, if that's what you want to call it. I think they have to figure it out quickly if they want to compete this year. He's our basketball, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He is Andre Snellings. Does a great job at ESPN <laughs> Senior Writer. Also a great follow on Twitter at Professor Driz, as in Dr. Z. Always great with the knowledge and also great with the humor as well. He knows his stuff and also gracious that he brought his stuff to the table here on Freddie and Harry with Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown in for Harry Dells. Have a great holiday, Dr. Z, man. Always a pleasure, Dre, and thank you so much. Yes, sir. I look forward to the next time. Absolutely. No Appreciate doubt about that. Great stuff by him. It's time to hear from you at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. John ja Morant and that comeback, that'll be talked about for a long, long time. Suspended the first 25 games of the NBA season, 34 points, eight assists, six rebounds, and his first game winner after this team was down by 24 points to the Pelicans. They come back and win that game. And Steph Curry, Shaquille O'Neal on the NBA on TNT, inside the NBA on TNT last night, got in the back of Kenny Smith. Shaq put it out there saying that, hey, Steph Curry, not just the greatest shooter of all time, we got to start having him in that conversation among the greatest players of all time. Those are the two things for you to talk about in the Dr. Pepper calling line. Pick one, and we'll have fun with it at 888-729-3776. Todd in West Virginia, my friend, what you got? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? So a little upset with you right now. Okay. Um, Normally, I don't hear stupid stuff on your show, but did some dude really just call in a few minutes ago and say he knows more than you about basketball? Yes, he did. 
He did. He probably he, 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 he may have. He may not have. He, I, I left it there. Well, what well, well, what I'm upset about you about is how you held back on that so much. I mean, to think that go <laughs> off the street knows more about you when this is your career. We know our information because of people like you. I'm not trying to defend you either. Nobody needs to defend you, Freddie. But I'm just saying, like. To say I boldly, too, I know more about basketball than you. Come on, man. Get off that. Anyway, <laughs> I still have your Michigan fight song stuck in my head. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to everyone, and I will talk to you all next year. Oh, Todd in West Virginia, thank you for the kind words. It's not about me having more knowledge than anybody else because I'm a curious person. I want to keep accumulating knowledge and everything. You can know more than me. I'm good with that. But when you start making it personal insulting, that's when I kind of draw the line, chat. That's what I draw the line. Justifiably so. He never, he needed to beat down and punks jump up to get beat down, as <laughs> my friends at Brand Nubian once said in a song. Look at you. See, that's why I don't mess with Chad Brown, because he's the kind of guy that if you jump up, oh, you're getting a beat down from Chad Brown as far <laughs> as that coming. goes. No yes. doubt about that. One of our favorites is Eric in New York. Eric, what you got to say on the Dr. Pepper call on line at 888-729-3776. How you doing? Always ready, Freddie. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Okay, and Chad, man, 15 years in a knot for long league. Congratulations. Awesome, man. Great <laughs> Appreciate conversation. That, Appreciate that. <laughs> okay. What I want to say, you know, I want to give um, the jaw. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad he's back, and I'm just hoping that this is going to turn the tide because beyond just a basketball player, he's a human being. True. He's somebody's son, you know, father, you know, husband, whatever. And there's a life after basketball right now when you're off the court. So we want that to be well because we want all people to be well. Yeah, he's entertaining. He is, God, he's entertaining, man. He's a a generational talent. But I'm just hoping that this will jumpstart the rest of his life and he's just going to soar. That's what I'm I'm hoping for. And the same thing with Draymond. Just, you know, get get it together because, you know, Mm -hmm. there's life after basketball. And you, you, you are, these are human beings. Yes, you guys entertain us. It's beautiful to watch. But we also know when you're off the court, you got a life. And we want that life to be good. No doubt. Eric in New York, I'm glad you said that because, Chad, I've always been very, very bullish on the person more than the player. If the person is not right, then it should not matter to me if they're right on the basketball court because you're going to have a life, hopefully, once that career is over because that career is going to come to an end. I would hate to think that somebody just devoted everything to their profession and was not a better person off the basketball court. So no matter what Draymond is going through, no matter what Ja Morant went through, I always want the person to succeed. The player, that can be secondary because I believe the person succeeds, then that player is going to succeed no matter what kind of level of talent that that player possesses. I think a lot of organizations recognize that that is the thing. And if you actually want to maximize your players on the field, the ice, the court, wherever they, they are playing, you've got to find a way to maximize the, the person. So the best teams are on certainly had coaches who were dedicated to focusing on your on-the-field performance, right. but they also had people who were behind the scenes. Is your family life right? How are your parents doing? Can Are your kids in a good school? All those kind of things that round out your life, your own personal mental health. What, what are you? What, who are you hanging around? Because mm-hmm. I'll show you your future if you show me your friends kind of thing. So all those little cliches that come up in life, the best teams find ways to 
put people in your life who are going to help you become not just a better player but a better person, right. recognize that those are two paths that mm. run alongside each other. If I make you a better player, mm. chances are it's going. if I make you a better person, that's going to make you a better player as well. Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Quick story about that. I'll never get a chance to interview Terrell Owens in studio. This is about five years before he got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Very generous guy, very gracious guy. I know people heard the stories, not saying they're actual or not factual, but I know what people have heard. And before we sat down to interview, uh, introduce and bring him in, Chad, it's the first thing I said, bro, how are you doing, by the way? And he stopped and said, no one has ever asked me that before in an interview. Mm. And he said, because so many people see and hear what I've done on the football field and anything I've been involved in, nobody's really asked me how I'm doing. And I wonder how much of maybe Terrell Owens could have not been saved. That's not the right term. But I wonder how much of that maybe, just maybe, if someone asked how he's doing, that he could have, I'm, I'm not doing well, and here's why. I wonder how much a lot of maybe could have been saved a little bit in terms of maybe not acting out. If somebody would take the time to say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And listening to that person. And I'm glad you pointed out the fact that that's going on a lot more because you got to think about the human beings being involved in sports and not just about entertaining us on the athletic fields, no matter what that is, no matter who that is. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm always uh, – it makes my heart feel good when I hear, mm-hmm. like, the last caller, when fans are thinking about those kind of things and just Amen. don't view these guys on the field as, as disposable because we are human beings. We do have families. We do have wives and children and parents and, and all those kinds of things. And our play on the field is literally going to be this small slice of our life. We've got, you know, five times as much life to live outside of the – playing time that we spent in front of you entertaining you and for a fan or a caller to be concerned about those other parts uh, that's the right attitude to have Roy the truck driver keeps this country going is one of our favorites Roy what you got to say my man at 888-729-3776 either John Morant or Steph Curry Uh, John I'm so proud of him what a way to come back he won the game with his last shot I just hope he realizes man I love this game I do not want to do nothing else ever again to mess this up because, dude, you have a great chance to be special. Mm-hmm. He could be up there with uh, Seth also. But listen, that guy that called in, Freddie. Oh, boy. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I was drinking a soda when I heard it. I stopped drinking. I said, are you out your mind? You know more than Freddie? Oh, Lord. Whoever that guy was, don't you never call back this show? You owe you Freddie an apology. No, he, That's just wrong. He doesn't owe me an apology. Put it this way. Anybody is welcome to call in. I never say that you're not welcome. I would never want to put somebody as, I like to say, you're not going to be on our list as far as that goes. As long as you're not getting pers about my family or cursing on the air and everything like that, I'm good with it. So he's welcome to call back in. Just, you know, keep it 100 and keep it friendly. And if you want to disagree, disagree like adults. That's all I ask. That's all I want. <laughs> Chad's, like, not- Chad's like, don't bring me in this. <laughs> You grown man. You handled your business well. You know you didn't need yeah. me to to, to to jump in and defend you. No. Your record, your facts, your knowledge defends itself. So yes, I, I'm I'm happy to step aside and let you take all of that, my friend. I think the best part for me, not that was the best part, the look on all your faces between Chad, between Devin, between Samuel, <laughs> between Shannon. They were like, "What just happened here?" It was like every it was, you know how it is when you see a hurricane for the first time and you and you have your eyes wide open. 
That's what all four of you looked like during that whole exchange. <laughs> I've seen that Freddie before on the basketball court. When, yes, you, know, you have. You know, there's some disagreements happening. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. No. I, I enjoy it too. <laughs> of course you do. How dare this man come on these ESPN oh, radio God. waves and try to say he knows more basketball than Freddie Coleman? Don't you know Freddie Coleman's gonna have a gym across the street at ESPN campus named <laughs> Chad, after him? You don't Freddie Coleman Court? You're what you know about me. that life? You're killing me. He's gonna have it's one of be one of those signature courts where you you, <laughs> you sign your name. <laughs> You guys, you guys don't care how low you sound. He, he can't mess with everybody's favorite uncle because if he kept going, I was going to hit him with a brick. I was just waiting. Well, Samuel, that's because you can wipe out a whole neighborhood as big as you are. So it's understandable that you can play the bodyguard role as far as that hey, goes. If all Freddie had to do was blink twice, I was going to hit him with a brick. <laughs> Squad up. Let's go. Welcome to the cops version of Freddie and Harry with Chad Brown and Harry Douglas. I am Freddie Coleman. Don't forget ESPN Raider. We got you covered with the NBA on Christmas Day. All the coverage you need need excuse me begins at eleven thirty Eastern time. We got the Bucks at the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. The NBA on Christmas Day. All the coverage you need eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time on Christmas Day with the Bucks at the Knicks on ESPN Radio. So last hour we did spin the wheel with the playoff team strengths when it comes to teams in the AFC. The NFC gets their turn. We spin that wheel next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let me tell you a story about a man named Purdy. Arm like a rocket and he moves like a birdie. Gonna lead the Niners to the promised land. Gonna have a trophy in his hand. MVP's what it's gonna say. Mr. Irrelevant here to stay. From the very last hit to the Super Bowl, he can tell all the doubters where to go. So put it on ESPN TV. Mr. Brock Purdy is the MVP. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. 
Thanks for joining us, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. By the by, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. So get a get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. So bundle and save at Progressive.com. About an hour and 15 minutes ago, give or take a lie or two, we were able to spin the wheel when it came to the playoff team strengths regarding the AFC. And believe me, we knew there was going to be a gauntlet of a conference. And here we are about to go into the last three weeks of the regular season. That's what it's turned out. So now the NFC gets their turn. We spin that wheel. We don't know where Devin King, one of our producers, make sure it's going to land. But I guarantee you we'll have that knowledge for you about the strength of each team in the playoff hunt in the NFC. The Los Angeles Rams. Their strength is their toughness. And I don't care if it's offense. I don't care if it's defense. I don't care if it's coaching. When you play the Los Angeles Rams, that's 60 minutes of hell. (laughs) And even if you win that game, they're going to take some blood out of your body. That's the one team that so far has been able to play a team like the Baltimore Ravens where you said, man, this game is in bleeping doubt. To me, that is their strength, Chad. Their toughness. They don't beat themselves. You have to do it. They're not going to help you with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, the Rams are not a, a dominant football team, but they are very well coached, and they may be some of the most competitive-minded players across the league. So that competitiveness, that mental toughness that you're talking about, they're 4-1 and one since the bye, two big wins, two close wins, and one pretty close loss to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. But that mental toughness, having been there, having gone the gauntlet, having won a Super Bowl, that develops that mental toughness. So this team, I think, yes, to your point, is that that toughness and that competitiveness that I'm talking about is perhaps their greatest strength right now. The Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott's their strength. That's his superpower. When he's playing well, everybody feels better. And we've seen that. And when early on the defense, they were just getting pushed aside by the Buffalo Bills offense, they needed Dak Prescott to have their back. But the Buffalo Bills defense was not having it. That's their strength. Because when he's playing like that, everybody says, no matter what we do, that guy's going to help us out. That guy's going to figure it out. That guy's going to lead us across that line to make sure we don't lose that game. I know it didn't happen against the Buffalo Bills, but if he plays better against Miami Dolphins, I can see the Dallas Cowboys winning that game no matter what their defense will do on the other side. Jerry Jones is prone to some wild, outlandish, crazy quotes from time to time. Mm -hmm. But his quote the other day about this coaching staff being the strength of this team, I think he's actually correct. So I will take Jerry Jones' words, and I will say that is the strength of this Dallas Cowboys football team. The fact that they have taken guys guys like Dak Prescott, who have been up and down a bit throughout their career, and found ways to maximize them, put them in spots where they are comfortable, where they can be most successful for the longest period of time. So Mike McCarthy does a huge tip of the cap, uh, not a walk-around coach, as Jerry Jones likes to say, but a guy who's <laughs> the head coach and a play caller. Uh, therefore, he's got this great relationship with Dak Prescott, actually bringing the best of Dak out right now at the most critical time of the season. The strength of the Dallas Cowboys is that job that the guys are doing upstairs in that coaching staff room. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh. Their strength are their skill position guys, meaning the wide receivers. Michael Evans gets a lot of lot of love, and he should, but Chris Godwin, he's the perfect Robin to that Batman and Baker Mayfield. He has been dialing it up. Their wide receivers, 
they can ruin lives in the on the back end of defenses, especially the way that Baker Mayfield has been able to play and really get into a better groove as the season's gone along. So for my money, that's the strength of Tampa Bay. Short routes, intermediate routes, deep routes. They got a quarterback that has shown that you give me time, I can get the ball to you. And we've seen those wide receivers make plays as this season's gone along for now the first place in the NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, the wide receivers certainly are helping out Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield is helping himself right now. Had his best game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He's a guy who, where confidence and swagger are always a huge and critical part to his mm-hmm. game. And I think after being a bit uneven all year, he's played pretty game and tough for the most part, mm-hmm. but a bit uneven. Now he's leading the Bucks to some close wins. Um, and playing his best football and taking advantage of that skill on the outside. You mentioned, you mentioned Mike Evans. Chris Godwin also had a monster game as well. So it's Baker Mayfield playing his best football in years and years and years and now playing his best football as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Great stuff by Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're spinning that wheel for playoff teams or teams trying to get into the playoffs when it comes to the NFC. Where will the wheel land? Now, let's find out. The Detroit Lions. Oh, their strength is in their offensive line. And it better be their strength going forward because if they get healthier and healthier and healthier, not only does the running game feel better, but Jared Goff can say, whoo, play action fakes, one-on-one coverage. I like that kind of party because before Saturday versus the Denver Broncos, it was not a good party because that offensive line was not able to provide that running game, provide those running lanes. That meant that Jared Goff was on the struggle bus, and the Chicago Bears kept him on that struggle bus. To me, that is their strength. When their offensive line can dominate the line of scrimmage and create holes for the running game, then the quarterback gets more one-on-one coverage, and we've seen from Jared Goff, he does not miss any of those throws when the running game is leading the way, and he's a perfect compliment when that happens. They may have the fastest set of skill guys outside of the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Uh, Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end, can run by almost every linebacker in the league, can run by most safeties. Jameer Gibbs is a mismatch certainly as well, uh, running the football and, and run, catching passes out of the backfield going against linebackers and safeties. Mm-hmm. Their ability to utilize that young speed uh, and put those guys in positions where they can utilize that speed, get them some play designs where they can catch it with some space around them and take advantage of that speed, that's what allows this offense to, to move forward. The offensive line is certainly a critical component to that, but the overall team speed and when they scheme it up, right is the biggest strength of the Detroit Lions. The Philadelphia Eagles. It used to be their offensive line. Now I really don't know. (laughs) If if they have a strength, it's going to be their resilience. And they're going to need it after losing three in a row. And not just the way they lost to the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. But the way they let the Seattle Seahawks with a backup quarterback go down the field and take their mentality and that toughness away from them by getting that game-winning touchdown. So their resilience has always been the key. It helped them to get to be a 10-1 and team. And Chad, for my money, they're really going to need that right now with a three-game losing streak staring them in the face. And it's not going to be that much of an easy game when they play the New York Giants on Christmas Day at 4.15 Eastern time. For a top-five football team, it shouldn't be this difficult to – figure out what the strength of the football team is. 
Um, you know, even this last game, right. Matt Patricia called some pretty good plays. First 57 minutes of the football game, pretty good for the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles defense. Then it <laughs> kind of fell apart after that. Um, Jalen Hurts, a lot of turnovers this year. Uh, this offensive line thought of, you know, maybe the best in the league last year, certainly struggling this year. The defensive line put up epic and all-time sack numbers last year. Uh, four guys with double-digit sacks. Right. Not sure the name, not nearly the same kind of production this year. So I would say, yeah, I have to go similar to you is the kind of toughness, mental mindset, the resilience, the, the steadiness of it all, of it all. Because I don't think we've seen too many cracks in the facade of the Eagles from a mental standpoint, other than Jalen Hurts saying he needs guys to be more committed after his uh, post-game com- uh, conversations after this last loss there. So uh, maybe it's just that mental toughness and resilience and that calm, steady presence right. that they operate with, kind of mirroring Jalen Hurts' typically very stoic, calm demeanor as well. The Seattle Seahawks. Their playoff strength is their coach, Pete Carroll, because Pete Carroll can motivate anybody. There's no doubt about that. His pregame speeches, in the game, making adjustments with his coaching staff, after the game, always putting on the good ship lollipop face, whether they win or whether they lose. To me, that is their strength because there is not a situation, Chad, that he has not been through. Winning or losing, he has a Super Bowl championship ring on his finger for a reason. So for my money for the Seattle Seahawks, it's their ability to rally around their coach. It's their coach's ability to make sure they rally around each other. That's a strength for the Seattle Seahawks. When I did my coaching internship with the Seahawks, the last day I I walked into Pete's office Mm -hmm. and I thanked him for the opportunity and had a great conversation with him. And I was walking out the door and and as I I was walking out, he kind of tossed it out out as an aside and said, you got to figure out what kind of coach you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, just keep thinking about that. We'll, we'll touch base on this later. You just keep thinking about that. So I thought, gosh, do wow. what does he mean? Does he want me to be – do I want to be like Bill Coward? Do I want to be fiery and in guys' faces? Do uh-huh. I want to be Mike Holmgren with the glasses on the tip of my nose and be very <laughs> professorial? Do I want to be Bill Belichick and, and, and a great teacher? What is he talking about? He was talking about the, the overall program that he has installed in Seattle and the culture that he has built, one of positivity one of belief so drew Locke steps into the game everyone still believes mm-hmm. they got the worst defense in the league as they had a couple of times over the right. last couple of years right. they still find ways to win ball games your maybe your best player dk metcalf can't keep his cool in certain circumstances well, that's okay we'll overcome that so the culture that pete has installed there so i guess i'm kind of going off of your thoughts as far as pete carroll being their strength but it's that team culture and that super deep sense deep-seated sense of belief that they operate with at all times it never wavers that sense of belief that wow. they will find a way to get it done against all odds we yeah. will get it done that comes from pete but it comes from that culture that's constantly reinforced in that building by the leaders on that football team it's amazing his energy when he's close to 80 years of age and still has that kind of energy and youthfulness about him when it comes to Pete Carroll, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Great stuff by Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at ChadBrown94. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN. Thanks for joining us here on Freddie and Harry. We started this conversation yesterday. We're going to finish this conversation today about this college football coach and his solution to fix college football that we both believe should have happened a long, long time ago. This is ESPN Radio. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Join me, Freddie Coleman, on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget about bowl action on ESPN Radio. Got the Rose Bowl presented by Prudential, featuring number one Michigan and number four Alabama. And then the All-State Sugar Bowl featuring number two Washington and number three Texas. That follows the Fiesta Bowl. All that action on ESPN Radio on New Year's Day. Meanwhile, in California, when it comes to Tim Kelly and UCLA head coach, Tim Kelly's always been a forward thinker. He's been like that when he was a coach of Oregon, in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the San Francisco 49ers, and now with UCLA football. With all this realignment going on, and everybody knows that football is driving that needle and pushing that needle, he has a thought on how this is how you can fix college football and everybody else at the same time. Football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Chad Brown, you're a pretty forward thinker as well. You played big-time college football in Colorado, 15 years in the NFL. You know ins and outs when it comes to finances involving big-time athletics and 21st century athletics. What are your thoughts on what he had to say? I think Chip Kelly's on a good path there. Well, my thought, uh, I haven't given as much detail as he has, breaking up by East and West Coast and Mountain, mm-hmm. you know, Mountain West schools and all that kind of stuff. Um, I foresee a future where it is an AFC NFC type of situation where the Big Ten represents maybe the AFC and the SEC represents the NFC in this right. college football scenario that I'm drawing up here and both, uh, conferences have 20 teams total, two 10-team divisions within each, and those will compete for a Tier 1 national championship because about 40 schools are really the only – there's only about 40 schools that would have the financial ability to maintain a a program with the likes of the true Blue Bloods in the sport. Sure. Um, so when we're talking about Blue Bloods, we're talking about Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Texas, uh, the schools in the SEC, Alabama, schools like that that have a historic program, have tons of money, they have boosters that have money, and able to enable these programs to move forward and have a chance to win a national championship. And below that could be Tier 2. Mm-hmm. And it could be another possible, we'll say 40 schools down there. Right. But this way, I think we have a level, a leveling of the playing field because – you know, I live in, in Denver for most of the year. Alabama, not this year, but in the last couple of years, has played Colorado State. Mm-hmm. 
while it's a money game for Colorado State, it's not a game that where anybody enjoys any any parts of it other than the money that goes to the Colorado State program. Right. So we can eliminate all of that. These these teams up in Tier 1 would never go down and play a team in, in Tier 2. You are forced to play the top levels of competition. You can't do that SEC thing where late in the season, before rival week, you start playing Division 2 schools and things like that. That's just not going to happen in my scenario. Mm. This way, you are playing like level opponents right. teams that have similar financial ability from the school itself mm-hmm. teams that have similar nil capabilities mm-hmm. from their boosters yeah. teams that have similar numbers of uh coaches and analysts and similar numbers of tons of beef they order for their training tables right. all these schools are all on the same level playing field that way we got a true level of competition even within the current conferences as they exist right now does, is anyone expecting Northwestern to mm-hmm. win the Big Ten anytime soon? Not Does anyone in, give Northwestern yeah. a shot? Yeah, not even in the 22nd century, much less the right. 21st century. Or or Rutgers, you know, or or, or Vanderbilt in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about just purely from a football perspective right. here. So uh, at some point, we've added teams to these conferences. Mm-hmm. The next move, I believe, is to start kicking teams out yeah. that don't bring the revenue that don't bring the eyeballs don't that don't add to the overall picture of the conference and then that's what starts setting up the super conferences that i'm talking about Mm -hmm. where we have a tier one and then a tier two and then even down in tier two if your team gets relegated down to tier two right you're maybe initially you're upset what do you mean we're Uh not good enough to be up in tier one no you can compete for the tier two national championship Mm -hmm. with teams that are at your similar and same level that's a level playing field and that's a fine situation and if you feel Mm -hmm. as a tier two team that you deserve the opportunity to go up into tier one then we can do uh, relegation like they do in european soccer sure maybe the bottom two teams get kicked out of tier one and they bring up two teams up from tier two and if you're cincinnati and you think you deserve to be up there well see if you can go up there and compete with those big boys week in and week out see if you got what it takes to beat michigan and alabama and lsu and florida state show me what you got it all makes sense but then you throw money into the middle of that whole thing (laughs) because like you mentioned can you imagine looking a coach's face or an athletic director's face when somebody says, you know what, you guys weren't good enough, you're going to be moved down to Tier 2. No coach or athletic director wants to hear a potential NIT championship situation when it comes to college football. And it does make sense because financially, logistically, you cut the costs when it comes to that. But there's so many money people out there, Chad, and there's so many power people out there, that would be a blow to their ego with you and Chip Kelly because I'm with you guys. But on planet Earth... I know how that's not going to fly with athletic directors and presidents and maybe even a coach or two in big-time college athletics. Speaking of big-time coaches, Mike Tomlin wants to see accountability for this wide receiver. It's also indicative of maybe exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers really are. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.